Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall that keeps trying to record episodes, but it somehow keeps slipping our mind. <laughs> we'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like, is there a negative correlation between the amount of Kevin and the quality of an episode? Oh. And how many, how many full-fledged fantasies do you think you could fit into a day? How much Red Bull have I had? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'm Hans Seidem and I'm joined today by Kalina McCortoff in London, England. Will do. You're off the podcast. Uh, <laughs> also joining us today is Stu Derek Kotick in Vancouver, Canada. You know what? I just feel awful about this. <laughs> Kicking you all off the podcast. And now, finally, also in Vancouver is Trevor Record. Oh, were we recording? Must have slipped my mind. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, very good. See, this is why I usually write all of our intros, is so you guys can't gang up on me with this bullshit. <laughs> oh, Hans, when will you learn, you sweet summer uh, child? I have to have control or people will hurt me. Uh, anyway. Oh, oh we'll hurt you regardless of control, babies. <laughs> Aside from childhood trauma. That's <laughs> <sighs> All right, so today we'll be reviewing episode three of season four, which aired on October 20th, 1993. Big shout out to Wikipedia user Wikipedical for updating the episode air dates. Thank you very much. I still feel skeezy about that name. Uh, I hope we don't find out Wikipedical's a bad person later on. Like yeah, a, no uh, kidding. Trump supporter or something. <laughs> this is, I feel like by giving this shout out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, what is that? Uh, Internet duck, something duck. Um, anyways. Duck, duck, go. What's the over-under on something horrible? No, there's a thing There's a thing on the internet where it's like, oh, the, here, check out this great duck. And then the, the next tweet is, I regret to inform you that the duck is a pedophile. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no. And it was, it's like a comment on how no good thing on the internet can last, and they all turn out to be awful. Oh, a laugh. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, anyways, let's now kick off with our step rundown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got... Fiore Parfums commercial uh, in which uh, Francesca Fiore uh, debuts her signature scent, um, which seems to be about power and smelling Francesca Fiore. Although we had a point of contention about this because we didn't, we all thought she was from a different place. And this one says she's from Brazil. She's from the, what is it? The, I thought she was, it does. I thought she was from she's Argentina. From, like, the yeah. I, I thought so too, but then they did say favelas of Brazil. So whatever. So, we can, is this you know, a retcon? <laughs> I think it's intentionally vague. Then they maybe change it every time. Okay. But all we do, almost, all we can agree on is... It's almost like a is... sketch comedy show isn't set in stone. <laughs> Assholes. Uh... Yeah, it's almost like they weren't intended to be dissected by four 30-somethings in uh, 30 years later. So My life uh, is anyways. a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> we then have, are you holding out on me? The first of several... Uh, Rudy and his hooker sketches, Rudy being the pimp, mm-hmm. um, in which he really just wants to get some uh, communication going on. <laughs> then we have couple discusses fantasies. Kevin plays a somewhat jealous boyfriend of his girlfriend, Bruce, who is fantasizing about literally every man she sees mm-hmm. uh, to comedic effect. Oh, it was comedic. Uh, judge. Come on. 
They got some good mouth on mouth action at the end, which I appreciated. That was the high point for the sketch as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Oh my yes. goodness. Just the Then we have weird plastic surgeon where uh Dave is a plastic surgeon who Mark is going to see about a mole, um, but who's up to some much more invasive procedures. He's not mad, he's going mad. So there's a discount. <laughs> so you and get so a his prices are a discount. Yeah, there's a discount, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we then have our second Rudy and the Hookers bit uh, with his asthma medicine running out, uh, asking, you know, for maybe to, to do just a little bit of hooking tonight. Um, <laughs> then we have Can You Dig It, which is just a one-man Bruce masterpiece as he dances to some synth music and pauses every so often to ask whether we're digging it. Every time I see that floor-length rug and the cutaway, I'm like, this is going to be a weird Bruce bit. This- <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah and and it always is and most of the time it delivers i think then we have prison uh which is the second installment in the king, king of broken promises is it broken the, promises uh, or empty promises empty promises i don't know i always get it wrong it's the king of empty promises the, no, the was, that wasn't sli- a dunk on you i've seen both online no and then there's the it also referred to as slip my mind guy or will do uh, will do uh, will do guy yeah will anyways do. uh will do guy has somehow landed himself in prison probably because he's a sociopath um <laughs> and uh his his pal from the pharmacy comes to visit him and gets into trouble because of course uh will do guy fucks him over oh, what's his name it's like dax or dell or rex dean. Dean. dean is it dean dean, dean. yeah dean, dean is kevin's um, character Right. <laughs> After that, we have Phil from the warehouse, where uh, what appears to be an adult Gavin, uh, but who's changed his name to Phil, uh, confronts Scott, who's just trying to get his shoes repaired, uh, asking if he remembers him uh, and complaining about the pains in his head that makes it hard for him to live. Maybe Gavin is his last um, name. Maybe his Phil name is Gavin? Phil Gavin. Phil Gavinson. <laughs> I'd be into it. Um, Can you dig it? And then finally, we have John Wayne. The last uh, hookers bit where uh, Rudy does an impression of John Wayne and then uh, dies because of Asmar. And <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess the hookers didn't get get enough hooking done to to pay for his Asmar medication. Sucks to your Asmar. Sucks to your Asmar. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, uh, with that out of the way, um, we're moving into our first segment, which I've tentatively titled. Whole lot of Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whole lot of Kevin. What's in the church? Belbiv Devo. Kevin's writing all the stories this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, episode featured a lot of Kevin. He was in all of the Hooker and Rudy yeah. bits. He was in the first two sort of stagey bits. Um, the only sketch, and then he was obviously the Will Do and King of Empty Promises guy. And Plastic in the Surgeon. Extended prison sketch. Well, yeah. So the two stagey bits, so the the plastic surgeon and the uh, and the um, fantasy sketch. The only sketch he was not in, uh, two sketches, I guess, was the Bruce monologue bit, which wasn't really a monologue. The dancing and the yeah. uh, the shoe repair bit. But he was in fully like eighty percent of the sketches in this yeah. episode. I have some feelings about this. Um, my feelings generally being that we've talked before about how sometimes it feels like the cops got put in because they just wanted something they could put into these shows that weren't Kevin's suggestions. And I feel like this is the episode <laughs> where they finally were like, all right, Kevin, we'll do all the things you want to do. This is the great harvest of Kevin. Oh. Yeah, this is this is his one chance to make or break. Uh, what, what do we think? sold, Kevy baby. <laughs> 
Did he make it or did he break it? Discuss. Oh, he made it, I think. This was a good yeah, episode. I agree. You you don't like it, I know, but this was solid Kev. This was weird because a lot of the episodes that we go through, Hans tends to be the silver lining in the cloud. Like he tends to be quite positive Totes. and bubbly, and I get to be a piece of shit. And in this one, before <laughs> we started recording, Hans was like, guys. This one sucks. I'm taking a real <laughs> hit on this episode. And we were all prepared. We we switched up to watch them together before we record on this one. We got through it. And we're like, this rocks, man. This episode slaps. I think Hans just likes to be our little Prometheus, just just suffering <laughs> for us constantly, too. So that might be a part of it. Most consecrated of us all, mm-hmm. the Hansy boy sacrifice. So Hans, when you're when you're thinking about it, is is it that you're concerned about Kevin's performance, or are you are you just disappointed in the sketches that you think he may have a, had a hand in writing? Yeah, I think it's that like I mean, so his perf his performance in as the King of Empty Promises, as I mean, it's just the King of Empty Promises. There's nothing wrong with his performance of that, and there was nothing wrong with his performance of the uh, plastic surgery assistant slowly being turned into a rat. I thought his performance of that was great. It was more just that, like, all of the sketches felt like he wrote them, and they all felt like they fell flat for me in the construction. I think. Oh, you know? my okay, goodness. Wait, wait, wait. There are some sketches that scream Kevin, and I think the worst one is Couple Discusses Fantasies, because to me, that was very yes, much like, yes. he's tr- he's trotting out this persona that he often does, where it's like, oh, and it's just like, you know, I'm not a bad-looking guy, but, like, no one wants to fuck me. Isn't that why? and like kind of gets sad mm-hmm. and it goes on forever but that's the only moment that i had in this episode that i was like oh that's some real heavy navel gazing and even then i still laughed out loud oh yeah there were some real zingers in that episode be- or in that sketch rather because i mean you have you have <laughs> bruce starting out by talking about the initial fantasy which is what 1200 men <laughs> in a three hour period three hours, yeah. <laughs> three hour and period. you get to just like you juxtapose all of kevin's uh very insecure moments with like b- like totally buff burly men without shirts who lost them on their way to the apartment and need to shower this it was is, great think, one of the, this is one of the things that i kind of that is awkward but i kind of liked about that sketch and i didn't again i did not love that sketch for all of Kids in the Hall, I didn't even really love it in the context of this episode because that pathetic, insecure Kevin character, kind I find kind of grating personally. But even yeah. so, thinking about it, I still kind of liked it. And I think one of the reasons it's so weird is because the punchlines are visual punchlines. Yeah. Most of, when yeah. the other kids do sketches, it's often about like they get to deliver something very funny. Like Mark will do a funny face or... They'll have like a particularly good timing. And in this one, it was like, you answer the door and who's there. And that maybe it's because I'm a fucking idiot, which is very possible. But I <laughs> laughed a lot on the sight gags on those. It was good. It, the, the whole thing was like Kevin correctly channeling his innate, insecure personality into a good comedy sketch that was just setting up Bruce for doing good horny faces. Yes. And the Bruce horny faces and the Kevin desperate insecurity faces, they played off each other perfectly. Here's one that I, I want to bring up just tangentially. I'm sorry. I know it's not my episode, but I just got excited. But uh, <laughs> so Bruce plays a lot of horny characters, but they're always women. You don't see a lot of horny Bruce male. That is a good point. Well, except for Cabbage Head. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, okay. Okay. Fair a, enough. But Cabbage Head is a self-parody. 
Yeah, so maybe, I mean, you're right. Maybe maybe uh, Bruce is just making up for Cabbage Head by trying to counteract it with all the female horny characters. Okay, so here's my issue with the uh, fantasy sketch. It's that it is incredible. It feels, I wrote in my note that it felt amateur. Like it felt like something you would see at a black box theater, like on an improv night or something mm. like that. It, it's got this like repetitive construction of like the door rings and then Kevin being like, I'll get it and going to the door and then Bruce being like, I'll get it and Kevin sitting him down. Like it just feels like so many sketches I've seen at so many black box theaters that are not very good. And Kevin, I didn't find Kevin. I mean, I know, uh, Trevor, you seem to like the interplay between Bruce's horny lady, who, which was good, and mm-hmm. Kevin's neurotic, you know, jealous boyfriend. But I didn't find, I, I'm like used to, I find that that neurotic, navel gazy, um, not neurotic, but like, yeah, self, but yeah navel gazy, self-conscious, like uh, well, Kevin character. I, I find it really It's almost like, like self-flagellating, and I find that hard. Okay, but wait, I, yeah, I, exactly. I want to jump in on this one, because I think this was the most egregious of the Kevin-y, and we've had some episodes in like season two where we felt like Kevin wrote a bunch of the work, and we're like, it's just that gag over and over. Kevin is anemic. Yeah. Kevin isn't good with women. Isn't that sad? But this one, I feel like we got a... I, I disagree, and I'm sorry, Hansi. I just... I. I feel like the whole lot of Kevin was a bunch of different milks. We didn't just get skim milk and a whole lot of it. We got chocolate milk. We got strawberry milk. We got a weird peanut butter <laughs> milkshake halfway through with the can you dig it. Like, Kevin's I, I, was really, range. I was really into it. We, we, this is the first time that we've seen a lot well, of and Kevin okay. range. And so I actually kind of loved it. Yeah. Like okay, so we so we we've we've take, gone through like the sexual indiscretion fantasies sketch like to death now. But then you then you move on. If we're talking about like sort of sight gags, he does to an extent carry that on to the plastic surgeon bit. But he's not the main character. He is he is the punchline, right? Like, but he I think he committed he to the character he, completely he lands fully. The like punchline in in that one <laughs> for sure. And then you get like the very low, very low subtlety of the will do guy, which is just, it's one of the best sketches of the whole which episode. I love that it's like, it's just, Debatable. it's not acting at all. He just plays one note and it's like a two out of 10 emotional and it's perfect. No, see with that, okay, with that sketch though, yeah. I, like fine, the character's fine. But with that one, again, it's the, it's not his acting, it's the, or his whatever performance, it's the construction. And that sketch, it felt like it went on for too long. It was the same notes that had already, like the will do sketch works. The will do sketch works the first it. time because you, listen, listen, you miss it. <laughs> it's, it works the first time. I'm like, you fucking children. No, so the it works the first time because <laughs> you don't know who this character is. You don't know to what extent he is awful and evil in that way, right? Mm. Um, but then this second sketch, it's literally the exact same trope we've seen, more of it. It's longer, I think, than the original is. There's no other funny little sight gags around it. Like, if, if you remember the original one, there's kind of like the like the weird kind of cinematography of milk, of uh, mopping up the... Milking up the... Milking uh, up... Mopping up the... <laughs> mopping up, like, the, the aisle and, like, yeah. and, like, also being evil to, like, the little lady asking for stuff on the aisles. And so, anyways, it had a lot more going on with it. This one is one note all the way through. I don't, Dave's, I don't agree Dave's at fine all. is the wow. neurotic guy, but it's just long and one note and and it's we've been here before there's nothing okay new, no i i, I, I found cannot it agree with all because like in this one you get like it's other side of, of no. the will do guy where he's like 
it's not just that he's a psychopath. It's like you see the charm of the psychopath. The warden of the jail likes him so much he sings happy birthday to him. He, like <laughs> a delightful song, by the way. After the cake is flagged. Yeah, they're, they're able, yeah, the cake is flagged and the warden lets him out but jails the other guy. Which, as a side note, I love the weird bizarro world happy birthday song that mark mckinney's warden yeah, that sings was a, to him that was a good yeah. with his big smile okay. i was like oh look at you actor boy you're doing some job do you know mark really did perform yep. the hell do you out know of that you're not allowed to sing happy birthday on tv because someone has it copyrighted you are now you are now that's oh. probably why they oh, didn't is it, is it in public domain it is now and it didn't used to be and that's probably why they said they didn't sing it there yeah that no, it was, it was, like it was copyrighted. I like it. I like it better, though. Like, it, it seemed just yeah. perfect for the weirdness of Mark McKinney. And I want to push <laughs> back a little bit because as much as I usually dunk on Dave uh, historically, and he has yelled at me about that, uh, I re- I thought that that's what made this one stand out is we got a lot more Dave doing a character and really committing. Yeah, I, I feel like that, that character yeah. is Dave trying to be Kevin, by the way. And I feel like the, the <laughs> King of Empty Promises is Kevin trying to be Dave, and so I'm just like delighted by this <laughs> dynamic. I do, I do like that interpretation. It is a total reversal yeah. of tones for sure. All right. Well, I think we've drawn on that bit about Kevin about as long as he drew on some of those sketches. So I think it's time we move on to our next segment, which I'm titling "Timing is Everything." Appropriately enough. Um, <laughs> So another complaint I had about uh, this episode, here's going to be me airing my grievances, uh, was that the the timing felt really off in some of these sketches. But on the flip side, there was also a, a moment of beautiful timing, which was Bruce's Can You Dig It sketch, which was a sketch that only <laughs> yes. works because it had impeccable timing. Mm. So uh, I wanted to have a little conversation about the timing of the sketches in this episode. Which ones did we think worked? Which ones not? And uh, take it from there. What do you guys think? Well, for time, okay, so to jump into it, I think I think I see what you're saying about the timing, but I would make a point of clarification. I'm like, I think Kids in the Hall is often very good at timing, like their time through or their work they did in through improv, to me, kind of shines through with how they deliver some punchlines and even some moments that are very, in my mind, throw away on paper. I've noticed they can really land a delivery. Um... But one of my big criticisms for the troupe is that sometimes their sketches feel oddly constructed. Like they just kind of go Mm. on and then stop. And you can almost tell like the studio audience doesn't know when to applaud. Um, I'm thinking specifically about the, uh, the, the garage, the mechanic. Was it Rudy's mechanic? The one where Mark McKinney. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, no. That one that shall not be described. (laughs) I have already purged from my memory banks. But, uh, like, you you sort of see this every once in a while when you have a bit of a slower episode that'll sort of, like, like, you can see where the jokes are, but it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. I think that you guys got kind of salty about this with the um, Monsieur Pierre Lord, like, the heavy foot jokes where you're like, yeah, he's Mm -hmm. got a heavy foot. And it just, like, keeps going. Um... 
So I don't know. I'm, See, I'm that, kind of... But in this episode, though, I didn't feel like that was the... I didn't feel like the... Constr- well, I mean, I, I also had issues with the construction, but the, the timing in this episode felt off to me. And I, I keep harping back to the fantasy sketch because that was the one that I, I hated the most. But <clears> but the, t- part, the main reason I think why I hated that one was the timing felt so, so off to the point where it didn't feel... It was one of those stage... Or um, like those stage sketches where there's a live audience and it seemed like the audience didn't know when to laugh or how either like there, there was only sensible chuckles from the audience. And mm. and part of it was because I thought at least that the construction of the sketch was door knocks, Kevin gets up to get it and yeah. opens it. And then there's something behind there that is supposed to be the gag. Right. But the timing between the door knock and then Kevin being like, I'll get it. And then, there is always that awkward few seconds going over like back and forth to the door, which maybe mm. works on stage, but it really did not feel at all like it worked on television. And it just you felt wanted, like dead air, dead air for three seconds where no one's yeah. laughing and nothing's you know, happening. I, yeah, I will, you wanted it punchier. I will say yeah. that, that this is maybe a, const- a construction thing too, but like I think that they did the reveals in reverse where they had mm. started out with his kind of fat ugly dad and then went to the hot guys and i think it actually would have been funnier mm. if they started with the hottest yeah. guys and then progressively more grotesque men no, enter it, through the door you and, know and she's, st- yeah, and she's totally still agree. buying into it yeah, yeah. yeah. like if um, and, and also if her if her reactions stayed the same so her reaction to the three hot bodybuilders is kind of mild but then when she sees his like <laughs> overweight you know dad that like she's going like over the moon i'm, like, I'm sure kevin really appreciates better, these yeah. notes for this sketch that he did <laughs> 30 years ago 30 year year old script doctor <laughs> but I, okay i want to offer i want to offer this as an as an alternative though because uh i hear what you're saying but i feel like the weird plastic surgeon is a nice counterpoint to that whereas like as much as we dunked on dave in the earlier seasons i feel like his timing was kind of impeccable in that one where it's like i'm not mad i'm going mad well, Dave, <laughs> Dave's timing was into pretty good like, there. He's like, well, let's, let's, let's just shoot the shit. Let's just talk about your day. How was your day? How was my day? That's pretty good. I'm turning my assistant into a lab rat. And like his, his <laughs> yeah. like sudden intensity to me was very good timing and good delivery. See, yeah. Dave had good timing in that one, but the the one the aspect of that sketch that I thought had poor timing was actually the end where you get the to be continued and then it jumps right into the like the cops jumping in and shooting him and it just felt like this weird unnecessarily delayed denouement thing that didn't really like it just oh, like I, it could have no, but that could have been funny if that like to be continued bit had been like at the end of the episode and was only five seconds mm. long, and it's like oh, that's like that's how it ended. But by doing it right, actually in the sketch, I felt like killed the possible like humor of it if they had, oh, if they had see, extended it out, you know. To me, that had more of that flavor of just like the weird surrealism you get with kids in the hall, where you're like, what yeah. the. F- fuck did you just do like it's sort of weird for weirdness sake but mm. to me i thought it was kind of successful because i was like to be continued and i had braced myself for another iteration of this from like but they killed the doctor how are you gonna do a whole other scene <laughs> with this and then they were like yeah we're not it's a joke i was like oh right because it's also, comedy we're also killing i remember the now i'm an yeah. idiot yeah, yeah. I, was, I was slapping my hands together at the end of that. I was like, oh, they just did it. They actually just went through with it. Um, but then again, I don't know how much that just speaks to my my own uh, humor. <laughs> Speaking of other things, timing positive that Kalina loves. Uh, on the positive side, I really did love, I've, and it, for me, it was the highlight of the episode was Bruce's, uh, his little dance and the can you dig it? Yes. Stuff, which, is, yeah. which isn't a sketch. It's just Bruce dancing, asking, can you dig it? And yet it's hilarious because... 
the timing of it is perfect. It, it has that kind of like, if you just keep beating a dead horse long enough, eventually it does become funny again, <laughs> sort of aspect to it as well. You know, yeah. um, you know, what's coming. There's no, there's no dramatic differences, but I don't know. I, how is it, how is it that, that, that like that construction can be that funny? Like it has to be the timing, but I, I can't it's... put my finger on, on why that works so well. It's the very subtle changes. Like, if you've watched it more than once, I still forget that the first time he he stops, he just says, check it out. And then I'm like, oh, correct myself. And then, and then the strobe lights. It's just like, it's like the subtle changes that he makes when really mm. it's like, it's only, it's pretty much 90 seconds of the same joke over and over again. <laughs> yes. But you, you, because of that timing, you actually don't know when it's going to stop and nor does he. <laughs> like you can tell mm-hmm. he's waiting for that moment. And so you're, you're, along with him on the joke just with the beat which i mean he's always been very good at musical humor so it's no surprise but it yeah it worked just really well there was one little bit in his dance where he very very briefly like pushes his shirt to the side and puts his hands on his hips for like a brief instant and then puts his hands back down again in this like really like I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> kind of vibe and it's like it, it can't have been more than a, a one second but it felt perfect it was like it just felt like it happened at exactly the right time it made me laugh it, I don't know that to me it was so impressive just how much humor he could get out of just that little bit of doing the exact same thing pretty much with small variations there's also no explanation as to why they they do like a Bruce clone he doesn't say can you dig it too he's just he's literally (laughs) there for maybe 15 seconds and then disappears and then the strobe lights come on to which Bruce continues to squint as if he's having a really hard time or perhaps have pains Uh, in his head that makes it hard to live no it's too much stop it guys (laughs) yeah yeah it's a shame that like it, I wish the strobes had been on a little bit more there because it was dark enough that you kind of missed I think a little bit of his waving people away or waving the lights away but it, that was that was nice too. Trevor, did you have any broader thoughts about the timing of the sketches in this episode? I, I mean, I generally think that they were decent, uh, and I don't agree with your general sentiment that they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I also think that part of the humor with the Bruce music sketch is that it's intentionally awkwardly paced. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I think we <laughs> solved it. Timing is everything. <laughs> the end. Good good podcasting. <laughs> Pro tips. No, okay. So before we, before we get into our standout sketches of the episode, uh, I want to do a very quick best kid, worst kid uh, with, no, no ratings. Just best kid, worst kid. Shout him out, everybody. Um, I'll go first because I think mine are going to be obvious. <laughs> I'm going with, I'm going with Kevin for worst kid oh. and I'm going best kid. Rude. I'm going best kid. Ooh, it's a toss up between Bruce and Dave. Actually, I'm going to go with Mark this week because I loved his warden and I loved his shop owner in the shoe sketch. So Mark gets best kid for me. Oh boy. Uh, Hans, I'm, I'm um, just going to have to take the exact opposite track because Kevin was clearly the linchpin of this episode, which I considered to yes. be a good episode. So he gets best kid. A weak linchpin. I mean, if I had to give someone <laughs> worst kid, I, I don't know. Maybe it would be Mark. I Just because I didn't care for the, the hooker sketches and I feel like those are a Mark thing. Are they? Mark wasn't even in them. Well, yeah. He hasn't done any of them. It's a Scott thing. 
Who, who, he's it's, a, I think it's a that's stop a Kevin, thing. That's a Kevin bit. I, that's no. another Kevin bit. But I am glad you brought this up, though, because I was like, market lack of Scott in this one. We have the... There is a lack the, of Scott. Yeah. The Fiore at the start. Yeah. There's Fiore which, in the shoes. Which we didn't and touch that. It, yeah. it feels like it had some um, Mel Brooks vibes with the fucking pinwheel mm. swastika. I kind of yeah. enjoyed it. I thought it was like very over the top and delightful. But uh, the rest of them we don't really see other than the hookers, and they're pretty anemic hooker sketches. They weren't yeah, good. And then, and then yeah, he's, and then well, he's and like because his, they're not hooker sketches, they're Rudy sketches. They're Rudy sketches with Kevin in them. That's oh why they're my bad. Anyways, god! And on. then of course um, he's he's in the final sketch where where he's kind of the straight man to the Gavin prototype and and Marks. Oh yeah, that's true. And that, but that's not even really yeah. worth noting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's really kind of he's kind of the uh, the straight man in that sketch, not really doing too much. But yeah, so um, I mean, I'm, Stu, do you have a best kid, worst kid, or Kalina? Uh, let's do Kalina first. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I'm gonna agree with Han. Disagree. Oh, disagree. I'm gonna agree with Han. <laughs> oh, uh, I was so ready. <laughs> I was like, oh man, maybe kids psych. unite. Oh, no, no um, Kevin. Kevin Totes guess best kid in this one. Um, he. Kalina I, would I never really, betray Kevin. I would never betray him, my baby Kev. Um, no, I mean like the <laughs> will will do slip my mind sketch was really well done, really well played, and I loved <laughs> his rat assistant. And you know he hit his as expected shrill notes in the sexual indiscretion fantasies sketch, and I can't, I can't. I, I just yeah can't can't betray that man. Um, as for worst, yeah, I guess like all, Scott again only because we didn't see much of him. You kind of forget about Francesca Fiore by the end of the sketch, and by that point he's playing that straight man. So um, not not for lack of trying, just lack of uh, lack of seeing you, Scott. You know, mm-hmm. Stu, where do you land? I'll be honest, this is some of the best Dave I've seen in a while. Um, some it's some pretty good. It's Dave, some really yeah. good Dave. I really I thought his delivery on Plastic Surgeon was really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not shake the feeling that in the King of Empty Promises prison sketch that it was a take on Weston Esterhazy. Like, oh. it, it seemed like Dave's version of Western with the mouth and the, like, the, like, the teeth sucking. Um, but I kind of liked it. Like, I felt like this was much, way more commitment from Dave than we've ever seen before. My fears have been assuaged of non-committal season one bullshit, Dave. I really enjoyed that. Mm. And my follow-up, I just I I wanted to open with this one because I, I I liked Kevin the bat. It was a Kevin-heavy episode, but this is some of the most varied Kevin that we've seen. Often when we have Kevin as worst kid and he appears a bunch, it's because he plays the same sort of beaten mm. dog all the way through. <laughs> that's a very good way to put it. And in this one, I was like, we we got some Kevin variety. We got a Kevin sampler, and it wasn't just sadness. Kevin, yay! Range. Yeah, this is like if this is like that episode where Scott imagines having his own show, except for Kevin got his own show. Yeah. Oh, in Kevin's mm-hmm. own show, he also is impotent and cheated upon. Oh, it's too bad. <laughs> it is also sad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the dream. Okay. <laughs> Although John Wayne was lame, I will say the John Wayne one was really lame. At the I like. Yeah. I yeah. liked it. Like, I liked <laughs> um, it. 
<laughs> I'm never going to be getting a Kevin cameo ever, ever am I? I don't think so. Well, we'll have to kick you off you. the podcast first. make you the Kevin of this group, which makes me really happy. <laughs> if like the Kevin, if it's is... not already obvious that I'm the Kevin of this podcast, <laughs> then you know, I, I just I I, I, I I find him grating because I see myself in him. I see it as like see? an it follows type curse, where it's like <laughs> now you like you look in the mirror and your hair is all big and you're like the beard stays. You yeah, go. You <laughs> and here i and here i am using the podcast like therapy the way kevin uses sketches okay oh, um, that too. Come on. you guys heard about the time that the- <laughs> oh, cut it <laughs> okay okay finally before we get going here let's all choose our standout sketch and give it a rating out of five uh kalina why don't you take us away can you dig it yeah. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah, that's that's the best. That's my favorite sketch. It it's it's it holds a special place in my heart. I I feel like as a kid I used to dance around awkwardly and sing Can You Dig It or Check It Out. <laughs> um perhaps with my mom clapping along. I can't really recall. It's really suppressed, but it's in there somewhere. <laughs> It's surprising. Uh, Another in our continuing series of why Kalina is the way she is. Yeah. As as for worst, <laughs> I mean, I guess like yeah. As much as I usually like the hooker sketches, they didn't do much for me. Um, so I'll I'll give to them collectively. The collective, yeah. yeah. Okay, Trevor, what about you? I mean, I I I think I'm gonna give it to Prison. I thought Prison was great. I already liked uh, Slipped My Mind guy, and I thought that this one was good, and it made him more of a psychopath than he was before. Uh, so for its score, I think I'll oh, you know, must have slipped my mind. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'll you, give it like a four out of five, though. Good sketch. Nice. You know, I, I like the prison one too, but uh, let's have a little variety in here. Much as we had a varied Kevy, let's have a varied sketch rundown. And I'm going to give it to Plastic Surgeon because I thought that oh. Dave's, Dave's really went for a character and he wasn't afraid to be more wacky. And then we got some real good um, physical humor out of Kevin. And Mark was there also, I guess. So, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to give it 3.5 horrible body modifications out of five. <laughs> Nice. All right. Um, I will take my best sketch. You know what's funny is uh, I'm looking through my episode notes right now, and I, I was about to say I'm giving it to Can You Dig It? but And Can You Dig It is a great sketch, and I probably like it more than the sketch I'm about to give my top my standout sketch to. But the the reason I scored this as high as I did was because it's great for what it is, which is a cold open, which is the Fiore Parfums oh. Um Which, so it's not a better sketch, really. It's not because it's not really a full sketch. It's a cold open more than anything. But it was like a really great cold open. So um, considering you've already given Bruce his his uh, plaudits this episode, Kalina, I'm going to give that one four weird-mouthed iguanas out of five. All right. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode three of season four review. Please join us next week for episode four, which will be hosted by none other than our resident Brit Kalina. Hello. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Kip and Tell Pod. Uh, please weigh in there on your favorite sketch. Enjoy some of our delightful gifts. And thank you for listening to Kip and Tell. All right. Bye. Bye.
controversial. <laughs>